Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's BudPod90. Is 90 anything? 90 is the yeah. lowest mark possible I would allow myself growing up at school. <laughs> In what subjects? And anything, really. I mean, I think I, I would um, allow myself a lower mark for Chinese just because Chinese was so hard. Yeah. But pre- maths would have to be a 90 for, you know, and... Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think at GCSE I, I gave myself slack for history. Why? Because it's uh, essays. Because I wasn't very good at it, and I guess I wasn't <laughs> as interested. I wasn't as interested in it as the others, and I felt it was sort of an uh, an add on subject to um, what I knew was going to be a science, maths heavy academic life. Yeah. Okay. So you'd already accepted that you were Captain Numbers from now on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mathotine. I was mathotine. You you were <laughs> You were mathotine. Um I did like Calcotine, maybe I don't know. It's I, I mean this is not uh <clears throat> particularly a, a, an 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 amusing piece of information but um you did a very impressive thing I think uh Phil which is you educated yourself in the ways of of maths and numbers and things science. Um, and then as a, as a sort of guy in his 20s I remember when you it was like a particular decision you made where you were like I'm going to read all the books now I think yeah I didn't read books for myself until after university because I didn't <laughs> I didn't need it I remember I, I, I our engineering degree we didn't need books I remember I, I, <laughs> I borrowed one one book from the library and one of the older engineers just went put it back like we, it's not what we were supposed to do. We didn't read books. We we were just given the sheets and we worked it out. Fucking but then hell. I I graduated with great um, gaps in my knowledge, and history is one of them. So I um yeah I got a few you know guns, germs, and steel. Uh, Prisons of Geography is one I read recently. It's really good. Just was, and and uh, Gomb- no, I think I started with Gombrich's A Brief History of the World, which he wrote for children. Um. In the twenties, I think he was. Yeah, he's the he's a German art historian. He wrote the history of art, which is the go-to art history book. And then the German government—I can't remember when—but just went. Um, ideally, not. In we the, want a history book. Ideally, not in the late thirties. We need a history book. I. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think. Oh, I can't remember when it was. I I think it might have been just before, maybe. If it has this reputation, it'll be um, Weimar. Yeah, 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 but uh, I mean, the only thing is, he's 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 a real humanist, and it really comes through in the writing that he's uh, you know a real humanist. But he basically he taught himself history over. He was given like you know two months, 
to write this book. So and he didn't really know any history. So he just read up. He just spent every day in the library and condensed it all and then wrote this book. Yeah. And even though it was is intent it was intended really for children, it's a really great overview of world history. Um which I recommend. Yeah. Anyway. That's my history. Um that's my history lesson. I really um I really enjoyed that that period because I'm a big old humanities nerd. And it was it was like um, a confirmation that it's that it's interesting because a, a, a science man had come, and you were reading it and going like, "Oh, that! Oh, I can't believe that! You know, whatever thing happened." And I'd be like, "Yes, it's mental, isn't it?" Like uh, just getting really into it. I, it'd be the equivalent <laughs> of if I started getting really into like. Uh, I'm trying to think of something like I'm trying to think of a, if I even know enough about engineering to I, I don't know oh, force uh, force quickly, equations. Uh, well, that's the thing. You can't. Yeah, yeah. The thing about maths is just like and engineering. It's just it's about practice. You can't really just pick up a book and then and then go like Neo. I know maths now. <laughs> it's just like you just have to practice it. I've I've just had a quick Google. It's called A Little History of the World mm. by E. E. H. Gombrich and is written madly in 1935 in Vienna. Ooh, okay, that's close. That's close. It's in Vienna though. Spicy stuff. Spicy stuff. The um. I I I I remember thinking <laughs> Do you ever do you ever get that feeling of like FOMO even though it's something you didn't want to do and couldn't do? Is this about Nazi Germany? <laughs> yeah. It's just about the Anschluss Phil. I just love uniting countries. <laughs> um, Imagine getting do you reckon anyone got FOMO if they like missed a rally or something? I bet they did. Someone definitely did. Oh, definitely. They they were so into it. That's the, the the lie we all get told is that like, oh no, it was a big trick and everyone fell for it. It's like, no, no, loads of them totally knew what it was about and they would have been like, Oh, I can't believe I missed it. Was Hitler there? Was he there? Was he late? He's always late. It's like Guns N' Roses, you know. They would have been super into it. He was often late. He kind of uh pioneered that. Yeah, there's a there's a real straight there's a, this interesting streak among sort of totalitarians of laziness. No, it was a PR thing. It's like Axel Rose. Like it, like it, it may have been sincere, but they did it in the knowledge that it riled the crowd up. It made everyone go mental. It made it seem more like a more like some kind of event than just some political speech. It was to make everyone impatient and oh, really? angry. I, I I I read. I read or heard something about like I mean Hitler didn't really wake up very early most of the time he you know he he had he liked a lion. Oh, it also depends if we're talking about um, heavily medicated era Hitler or not. Okay. I okay. mean, I'm, I'm talking. It's, it's, pre- it's like talking I'm, about Elvis, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People going, no, Elvis was fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean pre. I mean like pre-war Hitler, like campaigning Hitler, Donald Trump era, currently Hitler. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, as a, yeah, yeah sure. as opposed to he's done it and he's in a bunker and he's going and pointing at a map. You know, that's too late. He's done. <laughs> he's done it. Then he's figured. I it still out. need to watch. I still need to watch Downfall. Downfall. I've great. seen the Downfall memes maybe twenty thousand times, but I've never actually seen Downfall the film. It's an amazing film. It's the first time Hitler was portrayed by a German, I think. Interesting. That's an interesting point. Very controversial. The, the, and the As actor. he would have wanted, of course. <laughs> well, that's, that's why it was controversial. <laughs> I would have, yeah, just a colorblind casting for Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, in, in, but in terms of the FOMO thing, what I meant was, like, do you ever read about like? Uh, so I give you, I just give you what it reminded me of because you're talking about how mass is about practice, right? Mm-hmm. And I was reading about, um, you know, every now and then you'll you'll hear about in the news or you'll read about like a, a brilliant young mathematician has 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 uh, solved the Krumpelstinks theorem. Yeah, and they're always like under thirty. Uh, I yeah, I'm 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 I've not kept tally of their ages. I've read basically. I looked into it, and apparently, like the vast majority of solving these incredibly complex theorems is done by people in their teens and twenties. People on masters right, or, or right, PhD right, programs. Yes. Yeah, they yes. need a young brain. I think. I think. Right. And they joke that it's a bit like athletics, that if you're if you're older than a certain age, like you're not going to solve any of these generational um, equation problems, like these huge theorems. You're kind of done if you're like 35 and trying to do it. Your brain's too dusty now. Interesting. Yeah, it's got too many presuppositions and presumptions. Yeah, you've let it go all creaky. Um, and I read that and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because in, in the back of your mind, you thought you might be able to to solve Fermat or whatever. I think Fermat is solved now, but I think someone did solve Fermat. Did you think at, at did you think at at some point you might give it a go? Yeah, well, as a, maybe as a retirement project. <laughs> I just remember like reading that and thinking, well, until I knew this, I knew that the likelihood of me being able to solve anything complex and mathematical was approaching zero. But now it is zero. <laughs> so it was it was the um, it was turning something into certainty yeah, that made me go oh well that's definitely like that's a hundred percent not possible now then i wonder if i can teach you to integrate like like my fair lady or something <laughs> I'm, i'll do a bet i'll do a bet with a guy in a top hat no you have to you have to do a bet with like another asian guy <laughs> you can teach a, a white humanities graduate to integrate. <laughs> but you know, people don't bet each other enough these days. But there used to be a time, I swear there was a century, where every day two men would bet each other that one couldn't do a thing. Yeah. And then they'd go off and do it. Uh, we need to do that more now. We should start betting Wages. More, yeah. Gone is the day of the wager. People bet now, sure, but on sports and... And political outcomes, but there aren't enough wages anymore. Do you, do you, do you know what I found out the other day? You know bookies and stuff. Like if you bet on the election or on a sports game, yeah. Um, they they like like technically speaking, they have no legal obligation to pay out. Oh, <clears throat> they 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 have like a kind of presumption that they're going to pay out, which does carry some legal weight. And there's lots of scenarios. Where they should, but there's also loads and loads of scenarios where they just go no. Right, and I guess I just have to wait against the um, the damage to their image, mm-hmm. their reputation. Yeah, I was amazed. I was absolutely astonished. But I remember there's there's a book of like I, I, yeah yeah there's a book of like crazy wages from yeah like the Victorian era, the the, the height of wagery, and uh, two guys in a gentleman's club bet each other like a hundred quid, which back then was loads. Um, which of two raindrops would hit the bottom of a windowsill first because they were that bored oh my god yeah <laughs> we could do that kind of thing we could bring that back <laughs> what should we wager on we could do there a bug pod guy- wager 
There was that. Um, there's a story of a guy. Always, I think it was, he's in America in the Wild West or whatever. I don't know. But he'd go around doing wages and making money. He'd always win the wages, and because because they were sort of cleverly designed for him to win. And one was um, predicting which sugar cube a fly would land on. And he would think about it with his um, finger on his lip, and then and he touched he touched the um, the sugar cube that he predicted the fly would land on, and without fail, the fly would go zip. And it would it would land on the sugar cube he'd selected, and he made loads of money doing this. Um, but all he was doing was he was wetting his finger, mm. and then wetting the sugar cube, which released <clears throat> some kind of smell, or you know, well, um, and the fly would follow it and, <laughs> and suck up this sugar. <laughs> Well, spit um, spit digests the, the enzymes in spit digest sugar primarily. Mm. So that'll mm. be what that is. Amylase. Yes, it'll make it all stinky, like sugar smell. The the fly will go, oh, and like a big cartoon pie. A, <laughs> oh, oh, with a the big um, the finger made of uh, steam. Well, yes, and it'll float up in the air with his arms hanging down and like float <laughs> over to the. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, what should we like? What should we wager on if we're going to do a wager? Let's let's do a bud pod wager. What should what what? It's hard to do without without when it's literally illegal to hang out with people. Well, this is the thing. There's not very much, you know. There aren't, it's not really COVID secure to be sort of training street urchins in the arts of <laughs> dining etiquette or whatever. So uh, we're training street <laughs> we're urchins. We're gonna have to think of something. Huh? I don't know. Uh, uh, like training street urchins to let urchins to like wash their hands and deliver vaccine doses and stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I guess we could. Mm, I, I mean, there was a time we could have bet on um, a vaccine. Which vaccine was going to get to his phase three trials first? Which um. But that. Which vaccine causes the zombie virus? Maybe that could be good. Yeah, that'd be fun wager. <laughs> but then. If you know, once we hit a zombie apocalypse, I'm not sure how much money it'll be worth. Yeah, we'd have to wager in sort of fresh eggs or bullets or something. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Did you ever? Um, which which zombie apocalypse would you prefer to deal with? The sprinting ones or the slow ones that are a bit magical? Oh, the slow ones, obviously, easy. But here's my here, but here, bah, yeah, it's an easy question until you remember that the slow ones are kind of magical. Um. So this is the original voodoo <laughs> style zombie. Well, like the fast ones are essentially people with a disease, right? Yeah. Whereas the slow ones, they can keep moving their arm even when it is a skeleton arm. Oh, okay, 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 see okay. What I, mean? I see, I see, I see. But. I think them being slow, it, it, it is such an advantage for um, us, the survivor, to escape them. And I mean, th- it just means we have to burn them, right? It, it means we can't, we probably can't bludgeon them to death on in the head, but we, yeah. we just have to burn them. I think I think smashing in the head works, but or, or just like sort of chopping them up generally. But yeah, you can't stab them or anything. 
Um, but you just said that the, if the arm comes off, that it's still alive. So chopping him up doesn't work. Oh, no, 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 it does. But then, like, if you watch movies that are based around that type of zombie, the arm's going like, gah, gah, and they go, and they kick it off into a corner. <laughs> yeah, and I, there's not very much an, a, a lone arm can do, can it? Oh, many's, many's the man who said such a thing, Phil, and lived to regret it. Famous last words. <laughs> Famous last words. Who do you think invented, who do you think invented wanking? A lone arm. Um, Should we look at some emails? Uh, Yes, yes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Correspondence. I don't know what it is about Gmail, but um, there's a thing where if the emails are old enough, it just decides to forget what the images attached are. Oh, it's just a free up space, isn't it? I guess, but then let me look at them. It's just going. No, we don't know that anymore. I mean, there's only from. Oh, really? You can't even you can't even retrieve them. No, it won't load them. That's what I mean. Oh, I see. It just goes. No, can't do that. Something went. Something went wrong. Try again later. So patronizing. (laughs) Fix it then. (laughs) Something went wrong. What went wrong? Oh, try again later. Later. So whatever went wrong (laughs) is just fixed by just what? Going having a cup of tea is it? Later, suggestion. later. I want it now. The, the, you know what? You know what? Um, the you know the 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 adage is the definition of madness is repeating an action and expecting a different result. Yes, but in the age of computing. Repeating an action is a completely valid approach to a problem because there are so many variables at play in modern computing that by repeat, you know, turning something off and on, classic, or just closing something, opening again, or just hitting a button again, it can can fix it. So I think um, in a way, computers are the end of that definition of madness and maybe computers are the end of madness completely. Maybe that is why yeah. madness is now a reasonable approach to life because computers have taken the definition of madness and made it valid and made it a valid approach to life. 
They've, they've poisoned. Um, they've poisoned the way uh, the causality of the universe. That's right. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. right. I saw. Um, um, oh, I can't remember what country it is, but it is something. Or maybe it's the Solomon Islands. They've just banned Facebook. Oh, thank God! In the name of I saw the Solomon. Do you mean they cut it in half? If it's the Solomon Island? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said we're going to cut Mark Zuckerberg in half, and he went, "Okay, okay, okay." <laughs> You can ban it. They banned. I think it's the Solomon Islands. The Parliament was like, "We're going to ban Facebook in the name of national unity," which might be the excuse of a dictatorship. I haven't looked into it, but it sounds like it makes a lot of sense. I think we should do the same. There's a you know, there's a strong stopped clock quality to dictatorships. Sometimes, yeah. you know, they get something very right. Yeah, they 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 they're able to just push through annoying or loud or difficult things like highways or banning Facebook. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, good luck to the Solomon Islands with uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so, we have a, 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 an email from Matt the Splat too. He's emailed us before. I think you might have called him Matt the Splat. Yes, I think I remember Matt the Splat. So this email is Matt the Splat to the Borneo Connection. Oh, interesting. Mm. Consider my interest peaked. <laughs> he says, Dear Wangastura Bitters. <laughs> yes, I like it a lot. And I'm quite bitter. P- and and Piera 404. Pier- oh, like Era 404. Mm-hmm. He Pardon says, I'm so glad that you both enjoyed Dubai Aria. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As did the wonderful Glenn Moore. That's how long it's been since we heard from Matt the Splat. Although this email was Matt the Splat a long time is very, as well. Yeah. Matt the Splat's very talented at his... Uh, what is it called? Combining two words. Uh, oh, oh, um, portmanteau. A portmanteau! That's it. Yes, he is. Um, yes, he's so glad we enjoyed Dubai, Aria. Uh, hearing Pierre's dulcet baritone say the words I wrote aloud, especially hot bum piss, has undoubtedly been the height of my lockdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine too. I thought, um, I thought I would share two poo stories from my time in Borneo, given Phil's former residence and Kinabalu show. Oh, yes. Great. I have, I, 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 I've done many a diarrhea in Borneo myself. Too many to count. Um... <laughs> Too many to retell, really. I can't. <laughs> which to pick? Which to pick? He says, uh, so these are his two poo stories from Borneo. Uh, the first is short and sweet and involves a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, that's, that sounds like a pickup line. Hey, baby, you want to come a back time? to my place? It's uh, short and sweet and. Involves a monkey. <laughs> Let's just say it's short, sweet, and involves a monkey. <laughs> so he says, the first is short and sweet and involves a monkey. The second is arguably the worst day of my life. Wow. Yeah. Strong stuff. Okay. Let's start with the monkey. Uh, as we all should. Um, for part of my trip... I volunteered at Sepilok Orangutan Sanctuary. Wow, no way. What a small world. Do you know the, that yes. Orangutan Sanctuary? Yes, Sepilok is in uh, Sandakan. 
I think, I think it is. Um, yeah, in Pesaba, and it's um, the premier orangutan sanctuary in uh, in in the region, if not the world. Oh wow! Okay, so it's the it's the, it's the orangutan Hilton. It really is. I think that's a place where I can never remember if my mother saw this or she just told me the story of a man who um, um, just some asshole guy who kept bothering the the orangutans, kept throwing stuff at them, shouting at them. Uh, and eventually this orangutan had enough and just sort of calmly swung down to the platform where he was stood and just reached over and just bit him in the face. <laughs> and fair it enough. Went, it just went, nope, swing. <laughs> just a little bite to go away. That's so funny. I like okay, so this is this is a premier orangutan hotel where orangutans can relax and be themselves. It can be the orangutans they'd always meant to be. Uh, anyway, so uh, he says, uh, for part of my trip, I volunteered at Sepilok Orangutan Sanctuary, not as a monkey cuddler, sadly, but instead I helped to construct a bridge to a new observation area. Uh, ah, this meant long days to get your face bitten of, on. Mm. Well, that's it. Get your face in biting distance, baby. Um, this meant long days of hard work in close proximity to the apes themselves, who would often try and steal your lunch. Bullies, bullies. Um, the staff loo was essentially a shed, so I would often sneak off to the tourist centre for a good old-fashioned luxury crap. Fair enough. Ooh, enjoy. Treat yourself. (laughs) The far cubicle had a small rectangular window that could open a crack. For when you're opening, you're crack. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Presumably to let out the stench of turds in 90 degree humidity. <laughs> God, it must hang in the air in that uh, level of humidity. Oh, it really does. It um, really gives uh, structure to your stinks. It really gives uh, every Wait. smell a backbone. Yeah. <laughs> backbone. That is horrid, yeah. Like farting in the shower, but forever. one afternoon i snuck away from the construction site to clear myself out and settle down in the windowed cubicle with nary a care to the world uh they say (laughs) they say that if you gaze into the eyes of an ape you can see the intelligence and the very soul of humanity well, yeah. as it turns out, you can also see disgust. <laughs> Which I learned when, feeling like I was being watched, I looked up and saw an enormous orange creature through the window watching me shit. Wow, wow! <laughs> what an experience! That's amazing. The tourist centre was on the edge of the park, which itself was on the edge of the rainforest. The orangutans at the park, once old enough to be released into the wild, would usually stay relatively close to the sanctuary so they could come back for food. One such orangutan was in one of the trees nearby, peering in at me. God, can you imagine? (laughs) What's he doing in there? Just orangutan, just... (laughs) Why is he doing it into that bowl? (laughs) What a creep. What a weirdo. (laughs) Why don't you just shit into his hand like a normal guy? That's a water ball, for God's sake. Um, 
We stared at each other for a few long seconds, his distinctive plate-shaped face flecked with sadness and anger for having to see <laughs> this, and my mouth and anus agape. Being walked in on by a person <laughs> while having... <laughs> Being walked in on by a person while having a poo is demeaning, but being watched by an orangutan feels abhorrent. I have never felt yeah, so small or insignificant as I did that moment, a moment I shared with an endangered and majestic beast. It must be like... It must feel like nature itself has caught you. Your mother nature, Gaia herself, yeah. has caught you doing a shit. Yeah, and and it must feel a bit like an orangutan watching you do a shit is the Mother Nature version of that fake advert where the Native American has a single tear when they litter. <laughs> um, the Native the, the orangutan's like, why would you do this? This is awful. But I mean, these are also... I wonder if orangutans... Uh... Do they throw poo as sort of missiles? Maybe, maybe, maybe this orangutan was just disgusted at Matt the Splat's waste of good good ammunition. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Also, did you know the Native American in that uh, classic advert where he cries a single tear is a? I think he's a Sicilian guy. Oh, really? They didn't even hire a fucking what? real Native American. They were just like, no, get an Italian. <laughs> That's why he's crying in the advert. He's like, I'm not even Native American. I'm not <laughs> yeah. uh, even a Native American. <laughs> he's got, yeah, they got an Italian cockney to do it. I'm not a Native American at all. This is unbelievable. Why would you throw something, a bit of litter on the ground when you could put it in a bin, innit? No, don't. That takes bloody hundreds of years to decompose. What are you doing? It's not even biodegradable, <laughs> that bag. <laughs> um, so he says he felt very judged that being said later that day the very same orangutan with a plate shaped face climbed into the back of a flatbed truck and drank some washer fluid so who's laughing now <laughs> and then he says cleanest bowels in the junction in the jungle yeah exactly absolute bubbles they call them bubbles now um, <laughs> just to be clear he says it didn't die so that's good that's good um I mean, it says a lot about my relationship with animals that I couldn't... I didn't care. I didn't care uh, either way. <laughs> you had no questions. You were happy for it to be dead. Or alive. I want to specify. I am not malicious. I'm apathetic towards animals. Yes, you nothing them. Yes. Um. Yes. Okay. That... Yeah, that will not please the animal people. Either way, interestingly, they won't be happy with ambivalence. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. I'm Same not way fundamentalists feel about atheists. You are not ambivalent. No, I, li- I like uh, certain animals. Which ones? I like orangutans. Sure. I like dogs. Yeah. Um, I like humans, Phil. I turned on the news today and, um, well, I wanted to be news, but there was some story about a veteran army dog um, that had a medal. And I, I, I almost said out loud, for God's sake. And they, <laughs> it was just this dog that it was like it had saved a bunch of people in Afghanistan and everyone's going, 
Oh, it's amazing dog. It's, uh, it's really sacrificed a lot, as you can see from his prosthetic leg. And I was just like, I don't... You're pathetic! <laughs> so what? <laughs> Who cares? Pathetic. <laughs> Grow up. You, you've got such a... You've got such a, like... Um... Well, actually, that's not fair. I was going to say you've got such like a, 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 a like developing country attitude to animals, but I think that there's all sorts of like pro animal. Thank you for being awesome festivals in like India and stuff. Maybe you just like what is your attitude? Is it just Chinese or what? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I I am in general. I'm I'm irritated by anyone's enthusiasm about anything. Yes, and okay, so that's a good starting point, isn't it? To be annoyed by the, the oogly-googly animals' enthusiasm. Yeah, I don't like... Yeah, I mean, the thing about it, I don't like anyone... I, I don't really enjoy other people who who are having a good time in any sense. So, like, if, if, <laughs> if I'm out on the street and there's a bunch of people going, ah, yeah, just having a good time, I'm, I mean, I hate them so much. And I think maybe that extends to like people who just are made happy by their pets. I'm just, um, I'm just irritated by it. I, 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 I've told you before that I find the happiness of others a direct insult at me. Yes, because um, you immediately have to uh, figure out why you're not as happy, right? I think that's it. I think that's it. It forces you to ask a, a tough question of yourself. A difficult question I, I, I don't want to answer. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I get that with some... I completely see your point of view with certain animals. That's why I'm not ambivalent. I'm like pro or anti or like I have an opinion on them. There's some animals, people are like, no, and I'm like, that just looks like a bug. That's nothing. I, 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 there's a scale, of course, for dogs. I mean, if I encounter a very smart, calm dog... I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, I have to say. If it's like got kind eyes and it doesn't, it isn't go blah 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 blah. If it's not doing that, I'm I'm on side. But if it's like a yappy little piece of shit, I want to. I also I honestly want to crush its skull. Like if it's a yappy little scratchy chihuahua kind of thing, I just want to stomp on its head. Like a, it's like a rat to me. I have no yeah. automatic, uh, I have no automatic sentiment or or attraction to it. Or a dog, no. just for being a dog, it has to it has to prove itself on its own merit. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it the dog will earn earn it on a case by case basis, I suppose. Um, some dogs with big eyes, to me, look like flies. It's like you've got a right, leash on a big yeah. fly. I just see, I just see, um, Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Or is it Stimpy? Yes. Yes. I just see a little tiny thing with that kind of eyes. I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes some way to explain the the uh, unnatural levels of aggression uh, directed at Ren from Ren and Stimpy in the show. That's actually quite realistic now. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so just. Uh, Matt's Matt's second uh, tale, which he says was the worst day of his life. Okay, he says my second tale takes deep uh, takes place deep in the heart of the Sabah rainforest, where a group of intrepid explorers and I were trekking under the auspices of our local guides Lex and Gilbert. 
Yeah, good Sabahan names. Just like good, like, Old Testament fucking names. <laughs> yes. After well over a week, we had a particularly tough day's trek across hilly terrain, and we were in almost unbearable humidity. Four hours in, I was starting to wonder if I'd ever stop sweating, and all I could think about was putting one foot in front of the other, and suddenly I was pulled from my daze. I heard buzzing. Oh. Mm. Bees. I looked to my left, and I saw a hornet the size of my thumb hovering next to my face. Yuck. Yes, 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 yes. Then I felt the first sting. It was the back of my head. I'll teach you to go in the rainforest. That'll teach you to go in the rainforest. Fuck the rainforest in terms of visiting it. Keep it growing. I'm not coming. Yes, yes, yes. It can make my air, but I'm not going there. That's my (laughs) slogan. That's the full Wang rainforest slogan. Yeah. It can make my air, but I'm not going there. Yeah. Um, It was on the back of my head, he says, the sting. It was one of the worst pains I've ever felt in my life. Ugh. Over the next few seconds, everyone in the group started shouting, Oh, fuck, or Jesus Christ. As it turned out, one of our party had put her foot through a massive hornet's nest. Oh! No! The air around us was filled with massive, furious dickheads. Uh, Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, great, great. Whose sole purpose in life was to sting the ever-loving shit out of us. At this point, Gilbert shouted, Run for your lives! <laughs> when the local guide is freaking out, that's when you know you should be scared. Run for your lives! <laughs> he says uh, a, a phrase that I had assumed was only used in campy disaster movies, and we all ran off in different directions screaming. That's great, isn't oh, it? No. To actually hear that phrase in life. Run for your lives! Run for your lives! <laughs> <laughs> as if it's it's like it's urgent enough that you're saying run but it's not so urgent that you can't say run for your lives but you also feel the need to specify because that's how dangerous it is yeah and having the wherewithal the commitment of of effort to say for your lives like it's actually it's important enough that people know this is to stay alive that i'm going to spend <laughs> extra energy and time saying for your lives <laughs> i'm going to get another for your thing. lives yeah run for your lives. I'm going to get another hornet sting on my anus saying this. Um, so he says, about two hours later, Gilbert and Lex had managed to locate all of our party and things were not well. Our medic had been wow. stung seven times and her previously mm. quite pretty face now looked like John McCrurick, the elephant man. <laughs> she was not the only one. All of us had been stung multiple times. Um, oh, man. A quick side note. One of my stings had come out in the shape of a small dinosaur. What? How does that even happen? In I profile, guess I, I'm guessing. Not like stood up. Yeah. Like just... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Um, Ugh. Anyway, we didn't have enough morphine for everyone. So it was decided that those who had been stung more than three times were allowed some morphine and the rest of us would have to make an emergency camp. I had been stung three times. I was not eligible for morphine. (laughs) For the next few hours, the less stung trekkers and I hacked down trees with our parangs to make a camp, all the while in agony from the stings. By contrast, those on morphine were having an amazing time, commenting on how pretty the trees were, having laughing fits, (laughs) or just falling asleep and dribbling on themselves. 
The story so far is not meant as a self-congratulatory tale of heroism, but to give context for a terrible decision I made that night. Despite uh, being completely exhausted, I struggled to sleep. My head was throbbing like a bowling ball on a bass speaker, and the adrenaline was still coursing through me. I had never been, Mm. and have never been since, so upset to realize that I needed a poo. Uh, Yeah, no thanks. You see, he's going to shit on a hornet nest, isn't he? He's going (laughs) to poo right on top of a hornet nest. I know now. I know already. Yeah, and the hornet's going to go, How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like from Spongebob. (laughs) (laughs) When setting up camp, I had dug a long drop in a small clearing nearby. All evening, those not on morphine, and thus not constipated, had been using it. The combination from the stings... No, the combination of nausea from the stings and prime-grade Malaysian corned beef that we'd had for dinner... Meant yep, obsessed. Yeah. They're obs- we're obsessed with corned beef. <laughs> Ugh, why? Just from the war? I don't know. I, I, I never had any... Yeah, I think so. I, I, I never had any myself, but like my friends when I was a kid, for like lunch... Their packed lunch would be corned beef sandwiches. Yeah, that's it. classic. That's empire food. Mm. Mm. I've, I've been reading a book um, about um, this lady uh, who was in pre-war Borneo, and she talks about her tin of bully beef. All <laughs> they ever had was bully beef, which sounds nice, and I looked it up, it's disgusting. Oh, it's yeah. Like tinned beef, like tinned beef paste. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely awful and revolting. The um the historian James Holland decided to make a a, a sort of little British like World War 2 rations biscuit thing, like you would get like yeah, bully beef and and these kind of hard tack biscuits and whatever, like a kind of um Normandy campaign era rations pack. Mm. And uh, to make it like palatable, they 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 knew from like soldiers' diaries what you had to do. You had to boil this and boil that, and then mix this and mix that. And he followed all the directions. Um, and he tried it, and he said it was just he'd rather it was like eating vomit. He said it was the worst, still the worst thing in the world. Just disgusting. Man, oh man. <laughs> so he yeah. says, um, the combination of nausea from the stings and prime grade Malaysian corned beef. Uh, we had for dinner meant that this particular long drop was less of a loo and more of a swirling cauldron of evil. <laughs> In like st- evil spirits coming out of everyone's ass. Whoa! Just the ghosts of all the cows. Moo! <laughs> um, in my... <laughs> In my state of profound discomfort and exhaustion, I remembered where the loo was, but I forgot about the state of it, which is why I decided to go shoeless. Mm. That's the sound of one of the cow ghosts. <laughs> I would uh, never go shoeless in the fucking rainforest. Yeah, that's the, especially after that day, after the, the, the prime event of that day, which was stepping in a hornet's nest, I'd be extra vigilant about shoes. I would sleep in my me. shoes. Mm-hmm. I sleep in a big shoe. Yeah. There, there was a young Phil who lived in a shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was lovely. Yeah, and he didn't get stung. I, he says, I donned my head torch and I shuffled off into the night. Mosquitoes and midges filled the air around my face and blurred my vision, causing me to stumble into trees and bushes. As I wandered on, I became increasingly concerned. I couldn't see the long drop or recognize the clearing. Then, the stench. Aha, I thought, I must be near. 
Just as I finished that thought, I felt my foot sink into the earth. No. No. I had just walked literally into the loo. What about the drop? Isn't it a big, like, a, a big trench? Well, he said he dug it himself. I mean, digging digging a single trench in an open field takes, you know, eight men all day. So one dude in the jungle full of roots. This thing was, what, a foot deep, maybe two? So a short drop, a very short drop. Yeah, short enough that he didn't die, I guess, uh, by falling in. Uh, as I dredged my foot out of the foul, wet sludge, my initial concerns were gangrene and rot, as my feet were bloodied and cracked from many a day's trekking. Uh, uh. <laughs> the story <laughs> but I rallied calling the lure bastard and set to the matter at hand I squatted okay. over the hole and I looked down an enormous centipede was on my shit covered foot <laughs> I hate the jungle I hate the jungle you sh- we shouldn't be there we shouldn't be there we uh, our species should not be in there anymore keep out of it let them get on with it. Jeez. This is why people in the UK don't appreciate just how amazing it is to walk, to just be able to walk in the forest here, or just to walk in a field and oh, not yeah. worry about dying <laughs> or catching something deadly or being stung with like one of the Guinness World Records 50 worst pains possible or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the UK's wildlife is like the wildlife you'd let on a space station. <laughs> it's British so wildlife is in British wildlife is in, like, children's books. Yeah. And Malaysian wildlife is in military manuals. <laughs> I think it says very much about the, the, the animal, which book it's in. Yeah, um, also, like the Malaysian jungle or the Borneo jungle is, I, I think, just where they send the SAS. What for training? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Who's the? What's the weird kingdom on Borneo that's on its own? Brunei. Brunei, yeah, yeah. They go. They, the SAS is sent. I think to the jungle part of their training is in the uh, in Brunei under the Sultan of Brunei. They have a whole relationship. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's but it says something when your countryside is where we send the SAS to get rid of the weakest members. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know, um. <laughs> it's amazing how gentle the people are. You know, Borneo people in Borneo are very gentle, even though you know their their immediate surroundings are like. A level of hell one of the levels of hell oh yeah maybe that's why they just go well i wouldn't they, they can see that how horrible it would be to be like a jungle hornet so they go well i won't do that <laughs> yeah maybe it keeps them humble maybe that's why some people in the uk are so rude because they're like there's nothing in a hundred miles i can't kill with my hands that's yeah that's a good point that's a good point maybe that's it um, so he so where are we matt is squatting over the hole his foot is covered in shit um, he's decided to keep shitting anyway in the dark and he looks uh, and there's an enormous centipede on his shit covered foot causing me to yeah. recoil he says that very shit covered foot slipped and I fell bum first into the loo <sighs> and the centipede went up his anus <laughs> I just know it 
A scorpion I, went up his penis. Yep. I hauled myself up from the puddle of torrid cack and saw that my ass cheeks now resembled the ends of two large eclairs dipped in chocolate. <laughs> At this point, I realized I had forgotten the toilet paper, and I gently started to cry. I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame dudes. him. I would have, cr- it, I would have started oh. crying the second I stepped foot in the jungle, even before any of the bees <laughs> happened. I would have just been like, <laughs> "You would have been like uh, the omen for everyone else in the group." What's that? Like you would have been the omen that the trip's going to go wrong. Like, like, oh, our, our native friend is it just? No, and they're like, oh, what? <laughs> he seems to know something about the jungle that we don't. <laughs> Perhaps it's horrible. <laughs> Um, so horrible uh, da, 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 da. yes okay so he says he starts to cry uh, it took all of my mental resilience to summon the strength to waddle to my rucksack to get my loo roll desperately not trying to spread liquid shit everywhere and waddle back to the long drop and do the best of form of clear up that I could I went back to bed cold tired and stinking but in the morning I'd find somewhere to wash and get the medic to look at my foot for now after a long and deeply traumatic day I could sleep it was around five minutes later that I realized I hadn't even done my own shit. <laughs> oh, man. Your, your body put it aside because I had so much more to deal with. Yeah. In emergency mode, your body went, we'll, we'll, we'll do this later. Oh, my God. Imagine that. So, for, like, uh, <laughs> see, so I hadn't even done my own shit. I'm not ashamed to say that I started to cry again. With one final effort, I dragged myself out of bed, and back I went, only this time with sandals. Okay, well, too little too late, but better than nothing. Do you know what I like to think, Phil? Mm. I like to think that that same orangutan from the first story was just watching him. I was Again. hoping it would swing down and, and like, swing down with a roll, roll of toilet paper like that and then just hand it over to Matt and then just give him a wink and then swing away. <laughs> if it was a, it, it, two types of movie, there's one type of movie where that happens. Although I'd like to imagine that the orangutan would swing down, hand him the loo roll and then go like, and shake his head at him like, God's sake, and then swing away. <laughs> Because from the orangutan's point of view, this guy's just got up and gone, uh, and not put any shoes on, and then just like run into a toilet, splashed poo everywhere, seen a centipede and gone, instead of eating it, and then just fallen in the poo again. And then and gone then back. back. And then run back again. And then run back and then run back again. Uh, <laughs> the orangutan would just be like, God, I've got to step in here. Um, or in a sort of horror movie version, like after the end of all of that, the camera pans up to the tree above his hammock and the same orangutan's there just watching him, still just furious that this guy keeps shitting where he is. (laughs) (laughs) Ominous music plays. Um, Matt says, keep up the good work and thank you from the bottom of my heart for keeping us entertained during lockdown. Um, uh, Thank you, thank you. Praise redacted. Very nice. Thank you, Matt. Lots of love to you both. Matt the Splat. God, what a... a, Matt the Splat lives up to his name once again. Splatting it's, all it, over the world. Uh, there's something, yeah, there's something about the the idea of being that dirty and 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 and, pain, and in pain in yeah ninety to hundred percent humidity. 
No, it's it's such an unpleasant, uncomfortable climate, and to go out into the jungle in it, and then get stung by wasps, and then fall in shit, and then get a centipede on your. Fo- and then the fact that, like, not only is it that hot and that sweaty, and there's all these other issues, but that you're just kind of always being bitten forever. Yeah. Just yeah. little things are biting you forever. You don't get, like, they, they can vary in size, but at, at, at the, the best case scenario is that the thing that bites you is small. Unless it's a horse fly, then oh, yeah. Yeah, the bite is like enormous. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was getting bitten all the time there, just all the time. If I had to, wanted to play PlayStation in the on on the um, outside veranda there, I'd have to light a fucking mosquito coil, and add, so I was just breathing in like mosquito repellent fumes as I played Metal Gear Solid or whatever. Because otherwise, I just get bitten all night. Yeah. Yeah, go to bed, I, those bumpy, mosquito coils bumpy are quite boy. cool. Um, mm. The yeah, do you know why a horseflies bite is so bad? Uh, no, do they leave do- like a bit of their teeth in there or something? No, it doesn't use a proboscis. It has two big like um, praying mantis style sword arms that it just hacks away at you and then drinks from the wound. Ugh! It doesn't actually sting. Jeez. It kind of slashes. Ugh! Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the bad guy from Halloween or whatever. Just like, was it Jason? What's his name? Oh, the, oh, yeah, 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 with the mask. Yeah. The bug equivalent. <laughs> bug Jason. Bug Jason, yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll do one, one final, um, one final little email from Ben. Ben, here we are as men. Again. <laughs> he says, hi, Pierre and Feckhill. Feckhill. Yeah, F-E-C-H-I-L. He's written it. F-E-C-H-I-L. Oh, like fecal. Oh. Hi, Pierre and Fikel. Oh, yes. Okay, very good. From Tokyo, Japan. Ooh. Yeah. Very uh, cool. I don't know. Have we had uh, Japanese correspondents before? I think I think we might have had one have or someone who was there for a bit, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, he says, I have to admit, I was a later plopter. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, I like a later plopter. That's very good. <laughs> Having only discovered your show at episode 57. However, I was so enamored with it that I leapt headfirst into the stinky mudslide and have diligently caught up with 50-odd hours of piping hot chat that you've curled out onto your podcast platform. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, very um, good. Recently, he says, I have tried suggesting it to a few friends, but as with any unsolicited hilarious podcast recommendation, it seems to have fallen on deaf ears. Yeah, yeah, I think people are, people are sick to the teeth of recommendations. Someone even suggested he would purposely never listen just out of principle. <laughs> I get it, I understand. I, get I felt it, the I get same it. way. 
I feel guilty I may have inadvertently lost you a potential podbud through my naive proselytizing. Perhaps a shout-out to Josh, living his best bum-bum life in Sweden, would persuade him to join in the frivolity, his narcissism likely outweighing his spitefulness. Well... I mean, in order for him to hear the shout out, he would have needed to. He needs to try the podcast. Out. He needs to listen to the podcast. So I don't know how he's true, unless, unless, unless he's going to write. So if he finds out he's been mentioned on it, then he might. Yeah, an excited. Well, he has ben. now. Yeah, he has an now. excited Ben sends him a clip or something. Uh, warmly jacking yes. it, Ben. Um, thank you for proselytizing, anyway, though, Ben. And and indeed, it's been. It's been tens of episodes since we've said it, but do uh, subscribe on iTunes and rate us five stars. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot those those. I forgot about those heady days of of, of inviting uh, the five stars. Please, yes, um, do give us five stars, regardless of how good you think this is. I, yes, we don't care. It's, it's an Uber five stars. You had a podcast, and it lis- you listened to it, and it happened. It happened. The truth matters, but not in this one case. In yeah. this one case, just um, give us five stars. And subscribe. Yes, and subscribe. I do, and I yep. have. Yep, and if too. I can find time in my busy day to subscribe to our podcast and give us five stars, then I think you can too. All right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So do that, and uh, we don't uh, mind too much if after that you just the second it beams into your phone you delete it in fury the point is and the subscription throw your button. phone in a river it doesn't matter yeah do it yeah whatever um but yes that's it thank you matt the splat and thank you ben and uh see you guys uh, what next week it'll be just the day like the day before lockdown ends in england or on the day yeah and we move into like some identical tier <laughs> you know but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's back to tears again i wonder why i don't know where I, i've i've not i've not even kept i don't know where london's at now numbers I think, wise i think yeah i think there's rising cases but i mean i don't know they'll they'll just make it up as they go along anyway um and uh, another vaccine i wonder what the vaccine will be next episode or the new vaccine will be next episode disney yes, we've- maybe disney will have a vaccine next episode or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mickey Mouse vaccine, that'll be good. Um <laughs> Imagine you like you're under the microscope, you look at someone who's been inoculated with the Mickey Mouse vaccine, just Ooh, it's just like all these little Mickey just, Mouse heads going and just attacking attacking antigens. It's, it's shaped like three circles where it's like one's the head and two of the ears. <laughs> just that noise as they eat a coronavirus. <laughs> Of course, the the crucial part of this vaccine is uh, what's called the uh, the ear protein. Um, <laughs> it once uses you get the a, ear protein right. Um, yeah, yeah. It uses both oh, of the ear circles what, to surround the virus and smush it between the ears. What register is? What register is Mickey Mouse? Like? Oh, oh, oh! Why are you? Why? I'm a tenor. How how are you reaching higher pitches than I am? Oh, I have oh, to go can, into like falsetto. Then it doesn't work. I can do very uh, high-pitched noises. I just can't do them in tune. Interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like countertenor uh, range where you're at. Is it? It's pretty high. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. I c- it's it's it, you have to like kind of um, 
I, I kind of jink jink my my jaw down a little bit and Excuse- shut the you top me? of my throat. Um, huh? I said, "What did you call me when you said uh, uh. jink?" It's just a little <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, just uh, push my jaw down and, and kind of shut the top of my throat and go. Oh, oh, sure thing. Oh, no, I can't. I can't do it. I can do it. I'm all. Clo- I'm all closed up. <sighs> oh, I'm all closed up. <clears throat> Um, the, uh, but yeah, the new vaccine from Oxford is, is very good. It doesn't have to be stored at, um, fucking Fortress of Solitude temperatures and it costs That's like the thing. Quid. That's the thing that, yeah, it's, it's like people, yeah, it's actually the, it's, um, it's actually the best one, isn't it? It's the best one by far. Cause it doesn't have to be stored in ice in a single block of ice and <laughs> like a villain. Is it literally like two quid? Yeah, it's like fucking two quid or something ridiculous. All the other ones are like 15 quid or 20 quid, and they have to be at minus 70, and the queen has to give them with her mouth. You know, whereas this one, it's it's an absolute yeah. uh, discount pint of beer, this thing. Amazing. Uh, really good stuff. Really good stuff <laughs> from some university. I've forgotten which one. But it's not important. Um, <laughs> what matters is that it works. <laughs> It's true. You, All right. Well, you know, you know, you know, they found that um, they they it gets to ninety percent effectiveness if the first dose is half a dose, and then the second dose is a full dose. Yeah. Um. They they found that out by accident. They'd accidentally given a bunch of people half a dose, half a dose the first time round. It's amazing, isn't and, it? And then just continued, but then they thought, oh, let's see how this turns out, and it it yeah, it's for some reason gives you a better a better result. The 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 guy was just saying like we think maybe it's because it's more like how you'd meet a virus like in the wild like you wouldn't get a big dose directly into your bloodstream you'd get like a little mm. maybe yeah. it gives your body yeah, more yeah. time or something but it's funny that even at this level with this amount of urgency they're just like yeah it's probably because of this but uh, then again we've made that up <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway um see y'all see y'all um next week. Yep, see you guys next week. Uh, Subscribe and rate us five stars and stay alive. Stay alive until at least 95. (laughs) That's right. Okay, cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.